Okay, so I've got something really useful for tonight. It's something that I've just begun teaching, so depending on which sessions you've attended, you, you may have encountered it. I've been working on something that I've learned just recently, and I've been... <laughs> This is this is what I do. Uh, if if I have a practice that works, so let's say you've got something like the and and do it, do this because everybody's different and you need to find what works for you. But just let me just give you an example. You you can experiment with your meditation practices and, and your. Uh, stress management and emotional regulation practices. What should happen, in fact, what will happen if you stick with meditation? So let's say, for example, I don't know, something 60 days. There's, there's, I suppose, around about that. Let's say you're totally new and, and you start meditating at the end of 60 days of regular meditation the most important thing that will have happened actually is that you'll be getting biofeedback you'll be getting feedback from your body and uh, it will be telling you how you feel and so this is actually what puts off a lot of meditators just slight diversion here there there are two, there are a few stumbling blocks stumbling block number 1 encounter the mind don't like it don't want to go there uh, go back to having a glass of wine, watching the TV. Uh, yeah, so one goes back to back into the matrix because you don't like it. And that can happen straight away. And it can also happen at various other stages through through the practice. If it does, don't worry. Because once you've taken the red pill, that's it. Sorry about the matrix analogy. As one of my students, who from whom I've actually probably learned as much as he learned from me, said, you only need one taste to know the ocean's salty. So the things that you learn about meditation and mindfulness in your mind, that's click, it's, it's there, it doesn't go away. Just because you're not engaging in the practices, don't think that that's a kind of dead end, that's it, I give up. This is a very typical response. Instead, recognize that it's three steps forward, two steps back. So that, that's a diversion. And a, a very common diversion is for us to, in the early days, not get on with the mind. There, there are various other things that get in the way. Having had this big diversion, going back to what I was originally saying, which is that you get to feel your inner state, your internal state. And you get to feel that actually it's unsatisfactoriness, as the Buddhists refer to it. Uh, so you're kind of confronted with your own unsatisfactoriness. And now, that is almost invariably a feeling. So you, you're developing your biofeedback this happens in yoga, depends on the yoga student and the yoga teacher, but it happens in yoga as well. People connect to their physiology. They, One of the things about yoga 
I mean, modern yoga, not um, yoga as it was taught in the day. Modern yoga, the exercise. Because you're involved in the exercise, as the emotions come through, and I think in a yoga studio, everybody experiences pretty much every emotional experience that you can at some stage. Because you're doing these exercises, it's a very easy tap to turn off from the emotions to focus on stretching a bit harder or something like that so unfortunately that becomes an easy distraction and the yogini's life becomes about stretching <laughs> and they don't learn the the benefits of yoga as a a practice for the mind but so once once we've got that process of biofeedback of being comfortable enough with our state of mind and our emotional state that we can have a tinker it, it's good to put meditations together and practices together to, to find the ones that work for you and I, I I remember a number of times students have said to me oh you won't like this I've been tinkering with the practices largely that's fine there's one area I would suggest that you don't mess with them and that is the, the gratitude and compassion practices. Uh, although I have extended them, I've been very, very faithful to the spirit of the teachers and what they're teaching and I understand it. Don't change the words. Other than that, most of the other meditations can be tweaked a little bit and you can put a couple of them together. The practices that I teach for stress management, I've been teaching for a number of years now, breathing practices, they are pretty much, you take something like the four, six breaths, for example, it's gold standard, accepted throughout the domain as an effective practice as are things like tactical breathing and box breaths and so on four seven eight breaths is a little bit fuzzier but it does do its job so we'll take these breathing practices that i've been teaching for quite a while and you've got a, a very valuable set of techniques that are actually fundamental meditations as well don't know if any of you don't uh, can't think that any of you have been with me for a very long time you know so got sort of back to 2014 but a fairly common practice I taught then and it was actually part of the course in the early days as well as the um, six-week mindfulness course is the mirror meditation and the mirror meditation is a an exercise in softening the gaze so they want to use these two terms these two statements that are used quite regularly especially by buddhist meditation teachers one is adopting a downward gaze and the other is 
softening the gaze. So if you look at all of these ancient statues in India, the Buddhist meditator statues, very commonly the eyes are half shut. In the Bhagavad Gita, the advice from the instructor of yoga who just happens to be the being that is the manifestation of the entire universe so I, I suppose what he says has a significant weight simply because of that um, bearing in mind I'm an agnostic is that one should look down past the tip of the nose and he doesn't stress what you should focus your eyes on it's just a a general downward gaze. So adopting a downward gaze has been part of meditation practice for 3,000 years. And softening the gaze is a consequence of adopting a downward gaze. That, in a nutshell, is the mirror meditation. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to run through the mirror meditation, which is a practice in learning to soften the gaze. We're then going to use some techniques that are pretty good, pretty good at managing stress. And I've taken both of these techniques and quite typically I've combined them into one because more powerful the whole is greater than the sum of the parts so when you put them together it really is uh, a very interesting experience for anybody who can easily tap into whatever the level of anxiety they have okay which which will you know you have to meditate for a while to be able to do that as a rule okay so having said all of that uh, now's the time to meditate so if you want to get yourselves comfortable, just bring your attention without closing your eyes. Just look downwards and I'll instruct you in the med mirror meditation. Once you've spent a few moments noticing the sound of the bell moving through time, So to do this, ideally, we, we want to adopt an open, balanced and relaxed posture. It's useful to have the head balanced comfortably on top of the spine and the elbows by the side.
and the downward gaze is less about what you're looking at and it's more about what you can't see. So if you look down far enough so that you can no longer see what is directly in front of you horizontally. So for example, my my hand, if I if I place my fingers between my eyes and the camera, which is about level with my eyes, uh, and I look down and I, I move my fingers, I don't want to be able to see them moving. That's how far down to look. Note that the head is likely to lean down after the eyes. We follow the eyes in more ways than one. <laughs> Subconscious chooses what we become aware of and then we toddle along after that. So if you, you're looking down, now you're not focusing on anything in particular, it may be helpful if you haven't practiced softening the gaze very much. It may be helpful if you pick a spot in front of you, wherever your eyes have naturally chosen to rest, and keep your eyes on that spot, or that space. And then check in with your physiology. You want the head balanced on the spine. You want the elbows by the side. Tongue up against the back of the top teeth. Gently in contact with the sharp part of the bottom teeth. And now, if you place your fingers to either side at 90 degrees, you're looking down in front of yourself. And if you wiggle your fingers, you'll be able to see them. That's what's known as your peripheral vision. And this practice, this exercise, is, it consists of us being aware of our peripheral vision. So although the eyes are staying on the spot that's kind of 45 degrees in front of us, something like that, allow yourself to be aware of that vision. The, the For instance, sitting here, there's a, a curtain to my right, and it has a colour, so I can I can be aware of that. And this furniture to the left, and that has colour, and I can be aware of that. And what will happen is a general fuzziness. that fuzziness is all right because that's what happens when we stay with our eyes on something for a long time 
It's as designed. So as well as the awareness of the peripheral vision. And so, you know, if you if you've got fuzzy eyesight anyway, don't worry, you find the point at which you know, so if you've got dodgy eyesight, it might be further in front of you. It's the point at which your peripheral vision is the point at which just before you can no longer see the movement of the hands if you wiggle the fingers and you place them to either side of the head. That's what you want to be aware of. And also, allow yourself to be aware of the space. So between us witnessing environment, the furniture, the curtains, the walls. Between us and that is space. So allow yourself to be aware of that space. It's not something that we normally do. And so the couple of temptations, the head tipping forward and the eyes closing, especially if you very regularly meditate with the eyes closed. If the eyes closed, you notice, you just open them back up again. You're looking back down. If you notice the head moving forward, just readjust. It's not a rigorous practice. It's a soft and gentle practice. So this is what I learned as the mid mirror meditation. But we can also see it as a soft focus and an open focus meditation. Or just letting an awareness of that space to our left and right into our awareness as we look down. Just practice this for a minute or two.
Okay, so now, maintaining that. So most of you have done the 4-6 meditation. Breathing in for four seconds. Breathing out for six. And the way to do it when you don't have a device to use to regulate the time is to count it in your head. So as you're breathing in, you count in your head one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand. As you breathe out, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand, six, one thousand. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand, six, one thousand. So if you just plug into that for a moment and try a few iterations, your eyes are still looking down and you're still allowing yourself soft gaze, letting in to the awareness, the visual awareness, whatever you perceive around you, but with the eyes downwards. You're noticing the breath rising and falling. and counting the duration of the in-breath and the out-breath. Four seconds on the in-breath, six seconds on the out-breath. So now what we're going to do, keeping the eyes focused downwards, it's all fuzziness. Allow the vision to be fuzzy. Breathing in, 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, 4, 1,000. As you breathe out, move the eyes as far as you can to the right-hand side for the six second out breath. So that's one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand, six, one thousand. And then breathing in, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand. Bring the eyes slowly back in front of you. And then to the left, breathing out, looking down, one, one thousand, two, one, then to the left, eyes to the left. And then forward. Eyes to the right. Eyes back to the front. You're just counting that in your head. Looking to the left for six seconds, bringing the eyes back to the front for four, looking to the right for six seconds, 
rise to the front while they're tilted downwards. It's taking us six seconds to move the eyes to the right or to the left and four seconds to move it back in front of us. If you just want to try and practice that for the next minute or two. A minute of this is usually enough to notice a significant difference. So that is a combination of a couple of techniques that I've been teaching for a while. I'm in four, six breaths for a long time. The, um, the mirror meditation before that, actually. But the, fin the final one, we're, so we're looking down. You can, you can let's say you're walking along, you know, you're, you're got your eyes largely downwards but not you know focused downwards with the lids half shut it will still work and it, it it works this moving the eyes to the peripheral vision I, th I think probably we'll find like like it normally does um, as a 50 50 experience as to whether you notice your stress and anxiety diminish. It's largely an emotional regulation technique, so it works more with the uh, um, with the emotions than it does with the stress with the physiology. Now, so, for example, if you're anxious, it's really good. Um, but stress, stress and anxiety are very, very deeply connected anyway. So as you practice that, moving your eyes to the side, as you go about your day, whenever you notice there's some anxiety, it doesn't have to be on that, that schedule, but that's a good way to, to practice it. 
and it's also good to notice that there is a an effect after a minute or so. Try see with this sort of thing, we're we're not just training ourselves. I'm training myself to do it. You're, we're also training our subconscious mind into recognizing that when we do it, there's a change of state because the mind actually wants us to be in an each state of equilibrium wants us to be har harmony calmness relaxation that's where, that's where it wants us to be so when you find a practice that turns the d the autonomic state dial from stress to relaxation it 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 wants you to do it again that's that's where wine came from. Yeah, you have a glass of wine, your autonomic state moves towards relaxation from stress, as does washing the TV and so on and so forth. So all of these things, what they're doing is they're, they're but it's far better rather than have, having to indulge in one of the distractions that I referred to earlier. It's far better to take control of your autonomic state, your physiology, with these sorts of practices. Ah, so Car Carol mentions, thank you, that it's difficult to breathe out for six seconds. Not at all unusual. So the way to do it is to... to tr st first, so if you find it difficult breathing out for a period of time forget it forget this practice and instead practice a thing called ujjayi breath for a little while just a few days maybe not maybe not even have to do it for that long and ujjayi breath what you're doing is you're making the breath audible so that the breath sounds a little bit like this So, you know, it, it, there's, there's a distinct element of waves. Ujjaya means ocean, ocean breathing. So if you practice that, you'll discover that by making the breath audible, you can c more comfortably extend the breath. And so if you do breath by, if you just place your tongue between your teeth, to create a hissing noise, you can extend the breath ridiculously and go on like that for a minute or so if you do a very quiet hiss. Uh, allegedly, that ha that in itself has some benefits. I'm not hundred percent confident of that. But so once you've once you've learned to regulate the breath through making the breath audible and and doing your ujjayi breath 
you've so you've yeah you've tried that that's good yeah uh, and 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 it gets you a spare seat on the bus as well so if you're sitting there on the bus and you're doing your ujjayi breath nobody comes and sits next to you i mean you know, when we go back to actually being able to sit next to each other you you'll have a tool in your armory for a little bit of um personal space and that works for you as well nikki that's brilliant to hear that yeah so so just don't worry about the practice i've just taught you which is really it's an extension of the four six breaths and the mirror meditation and the 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 eye movement and and there's a there's a whole therapy that's developed around the eye movement but all they d all happened is they noticed something that human beings do and all of these are actually yeah yeah it does does work doesn't it all of these are actually practices that their eyes are ancient or they're inbuilt yeah, so people discover these on their own. You know, if you, I'm sure you'll have heard people say, you know, if you get stressed out, you just take some deep breaths. It's part of our culture and it's part of our physiology. And so once you've once you've tried that for a while, you'll probably find that your your state changes in a beneficial way. And if there's any anxiety, it will be diminished. Not everybody. Like everything is on a spectrum. All of these practices are on a spectrum. You know, from from s somebody will learn this and it will change their life, and somebody else will learn it and you know, I, I get no benefit. I don't know what it's all about. Okay, so that that's it for tonight. It's uh, eye movement, breathing, softening the gaze, and adopting a downward gaze. The mirror meditation all rolled into one. And I understand there's quite a lot. On only do this if comfortable. Yeah, only do this if comfortable. That's the, the key to it. Any discomfort, don't do it. If if you if you discover that you have a preference for one side, do that. This is a whole this is a process of feedback, biofeedback. I mean that's why I began the discussion with that. It's all about you feeling your way into the practices that work for you.